These days, you can't miss the hype about the metaverse, a new, more immersive version of today's internet. And many are betting big that it could change the face of how we interact. I mean, we're seeing Walmart, Ralph Lauren, Nike all begin to develop metaverse shopping experiences. Disney has filed a patent to build a theme park simulator. Those are clips from ABC News and from Fox Business News. And it's part of a drumbeat of coverage about major companies building this new tech world that might be just around the corner. And even though it is not here yet, some educators are already trying to get ahead of the curve to help influence what kinds of educational products and services emerge in this metaverse. Just yesterday, the Brookings Institution released a policy brief titled A Whole New World, Education Meets the Metaverse. And it's actually an interesting document. It offers advice to tech companies that are jumping into the metaverse with principles from learning science for how to shape the development of their products. And at the same time, its language is, is almost like a dare or maybe a plea to do it right. Specifically, the report states, we challenge those creating educational products in the metaverse to partner with educators and scientists to ensure that children experience real human social interaction as they navigate virtual spaces. Children's agency is supported as they explore these spaces, and there's a real eye to diversity in the representation and access to what is created, end quote. The report is clear that the authors see promises to education from this tech, but they also note there are worries about potential missteps as well. So what do educators want these metaverse world builders to know? Hello, and welcome to the EdSurge podcast, where every week we look at the future of learning. I am Jeff Young, a reporter and editor here at EdSurge. Today we are digging in to education and the metaverse with one of the authors of that Brookings paper. Our guest is Kathy Hirsch-Pasek, a professor of psychology at Temple University and a senior fellow at Brookings. She has been working for decades to translate work from learning science into educational impact in classrooms. In her long career, she has written 16 books, including Becoming Brilliant, What Science Tells Us About Raising Successful Children. I met up with Kathy in Zoom. I guess we should have found a way to put on some VR goggles to meet, but I don't actually own those yet. But as you'll hear, we did take a look at a Metaverse demo to get her reaction. I started by asking why she wanted to write about the metaverse now, when it isn't even here yet. Right? Yes, well, that's actually why we decided to enter this space. Okay, so um, I'm a developmental psychologist who does also translational research that moves you from sort of psychology and education. It's in many ways you can think of it as, you know, uh, biology has medicine and, you know, uh, physics has engineering. And psychology has education. So a lot of people who study what we call the science of learning have been very, very interested in the quick rise in technological alternatives for young children. Um, but quite often they're introduced so fast and come on the market so quickly that by the time we do our research, already it's a fleeting moment. And what comes out is something that was history as opposed to currency. Can you give an example? Because it sounds like you're thinking of something. Oh, you know. no, absolutely. I'll give you just one beautiful example. Is when I first got into studying, you know, learning and technology in the field of psychology, 
um, I had this great idea. I was going to like jump into eBooks. This was before eBooks existed. Okay. And um, it was before the iPad was created. And there was a product of console books, which had come on the market. So we studied console books. Now, till the psychologist gets the console books, they put them in, they study the kids reading the console books. Time was marching on. What happened? The iPad was created. The minute the iPad was created, apps started flowing through the iPad, including many things that were e-readers for young children. But nobody had tested them. No one had looked at them. There were no principles to follow. Okay. So then a group of us thought, well, what we're going to do is we're going to try to look at the last 40 or 50 years of what have we done in the field of the science of learning? What do we know? And we actually know a lot. We know a lot about how kids learn at very, you know, at different ages. We know a lot about what kids need to learn if they're going to thrive in the 21st century. So if we take that consensus knowledge and put it together, could we write something for the app industry? Now it's 2015 by the time the paper comes out. It's four years after apps have hit the market. So as you can imagine, everybody's rushing to market, and here are the little scientists hanging in the background going, wait, wait, you have to look at what's really important to put in the apps. I, I, I picture it's like, excuse me, excuse me, excuse me. And it's, we want to be at the table, guys. And, uh, you know, we, we really do know about learning. It's not like you need to have learning on the side of, you know, toy boxes, cereal boxes, and, oh, the people at Amazon and Microsoft and everybody make it up. And, and they were also calling all these things educational. In fact, over 200 thousand almost 300,000 apps are out there are you ready just for the preschool market that are labeled so-called educational apps i've seen some of these i have a kindergartner or a first grader now but yeah i've gone through this yeah 2021 comes around a group of us said i wonder if any of them are following any of the principles you know and we looked at it, it was out of jenny radetsky's lab you probably know jenny and um and it was marissa meyer was the lead scientist on it and we, we actually looked at the 100 most downloaded apps that parents have for young children. We thought, wow, a whole lot of these are going to pass the bar that educators would think really make them educational, you know, for young children. Out of 100 of the most downloaded apps, how many pass the bar? Five. Okay. There's five out of 100. Yeah. Five out of 100. So, so there's a disconnect, right, between how kids really learn, what they need to learn, and what's going on in the tech industry. And I'm sorry for this long-winded answer, but the answer to your question is, finally, we got to get in front of it, not behind it. And so that's what we tried to do in this paper. And so here it is. The metaverse is all the buzz at the Consumer Electronics Show. It is, it is what you know. Facebook, just a few months ago, changed its name and they were even a little bit late because everybody was working on it before they decided to be meta. So, you know, what is an educator supposed to do? Well, I think you just have to be on the speed train and say, what do we know? How could we help the big guns and the big guys when they get into this at least do it in a way that is helpful for kids, not harmful for kids? And that's what we're really after. We want it to be culturally responsive. We want it to be equitable so it's accessible 
by all kids and not just kids who can afford it. We want to make sure that it's not just about, oh, oh, take what was on the apps and plop it into the metaverse. That's not what real learning is about. Real learning is deep learning, not superficial learning. And it's more than just reading and math. So that's the case we make in our paper, is that there's a long way to go, but it can be done right from the outset. And it would be wonderful and magnificent if it is. There's a lot to dive into. I wanted to ask first, I wanted to ask first, since you have thought about it probably more than a lot of our listeners, what, how would you, you know, what do you see as the basic gist of this metaverse vision that, that people have that, that is the framework for thinking about like, okay, here's probably what's coming. We don't know exactly which company will win or um, yeah. if you know that, let me know. We'll do a stock. Yeah, I was going to, I was going to say, I think there's a fair amount of, of confusion out there. Although a lot of people seem to be doing it. I noticed entertainment is now on the metaverse and you and your, Already? Av- oh my God, you can like, you can buy tickets with your avatar can buy tickets with another avatar to go to a live conference. So why not? So, this is coming. You can buy real estate on the metaverse now. Okay? okay. Nike just put on a whole playground, the Nike playground. Okay? And of course, there's the more familiar Fortnite and Roblox, which are games. But could they be, you know, could they be retrofitted or maybe, I don't know what the word for not retrofit, but profitted <laughs> um, if we were going to make outstanding educational experiences? And the answer is, Absolutely. If you think intentionally about what it could look like, it can be masterful. So what's the it? All right. So if you've ever been at kind of an IMAX studio. Yeah, sure. You go to the, yeah, at this, either at the science museum or something, the really big screen. Yeah. And it's not just a really big screen. You're kind of giving people the opportunity to experience a reality that they might not otherwise see. Right? You're taking over their senses. Exactly. And there are wonderful games like I was one at Disney World where you hop into something and you honestly think you're flying, you know. So there are many experiences you can have through virtual reality once we solve the speed problem, which is what 5G is trying to do, um, create more opportunities, which is Web3 is trying to do, and create technological advances that allow this to be as easy to use and maybe as cheap to use as sort of a kitty Google glasses. But, you know, now the question is, how do you not get lost in it? How do we use this once the technology is there? And it's only coming, okay, to allow kids to experience those new worlds in ways that they couldn't otherwise. Well, let me let me throw in some examples. I now want to learn about ancient Greece. And Mm -hmm. my teacher's about to teach me about the myths and to introduce me to Hercules or to Zeus. I mean, my God, imagine what we could do, all right? But first, in that classroom, led by a teacher, or maybe in something like an omniverse, I don't know, right, where kids can visit and people can go, imagine now that I have a way of spreading a timeline Think of that as a number line on the ground. We know kids profit from number lines. But this time, they stand on the present. And they're able to go backwards into the past until they hit the year where the Greeks actually were living and vibrant. 
Now let's look at that world. And what do I see when I enter it? I see the carts going by to the marketplace. I see people building buildings and building columns. How exciting is it to actually live there, to walk around it, to meet the people who lived in that environment? After spending some time there with the help of the teacher, learning who to meet, learning about the great poetry that was written, the great shows that were going to be written, learning to meet Archimedes. I mean, imagine what you could do. And then after I meet these characters, I stand in the past, and my teacher directs me to go to the future again and to come back to the present time. And when I do, I look to my left and my right, and I see my fellow students and my teacher, and my teacher says, wait a minute, how do you know what you just experienced? Let me show you what it looks like in the same area of Greece right now that you just experienced. And what do you see? Well, you see pillars that are down on the ground. You see dust that is everywhere. How in the world could you possibly have made a movie of what life was like if you can't see it? And at that moment, a great teacher says, that is the field of archaeology. And today, you get to go and be archaeologists yourself. And your avatars have a spot, and they go and they dig, and they find some pots, and you come to recognize that the earth you live on is its own storybook, and that the archaeologists are actually there to dig out the story so that they can tell you what the past looked like, and you can relive it. Wow. So you're, you're seeing potential in this technology. Mm -hmm. It's not as if there's like a watch out. The metaverse is, is a bad deal. You can go there and you could easily go there because we've made a lot of mistakes in technology for young kids. And we've lost kids to a, a lot of screen time that is not of high quality. We've lost a lot of physical activity for kids. And it turns out that the physical activity they have as young kids translates to some of the issues they're going to have in health way later. We're in the greatest natural experiment of our time. But yet, if we can think ahead of time intentionally about how to merge a hybrid education that uses the best of technology and makes things come alive, I think the opportunities for deep learning are endless. So obviously a piece of what boils down to a, a potential pro of, mm -hmm. of a metaverse in education. It seems a bit, one word is experiential probably. Oh, this, very much so. This difference between book learning and the idea of like, here you are transported somewhere. Right, right, right. And that's what we know about learning in kids is that, oh my gosh, we've known this forever. Socrates knew this, okay? Maybe mm -hmm. they could meet Socrates when they go back. But Socrates knew that having a conversation, a dialogue, experiencing is so much better than being lectured at. How many times has your audience been lectured at? And how much do they remember about the lectures they got? Probably not much, but they probably do remember the experiences they've had. So look, it can be like a tweet. If it's active, not passive, if it's engaging, not distracting. And by the way, that's a lot of the mistakes that tech makes is they make it distracting. Mm 
If mm-hmm. it's meaningful rather than disconnected, it taps into things you know about. If it's socially interactive, this is the biggest way we can go wrong because people matter. Iterative so that I can visit it again and again in a slightly different way and joyful. You have the equation that scientists think make for playful learning. All you need to add is whatever your learning goal is. And ta-da, you have done it. And what do you get at the other end? Not just a better reading and math score. And let me highlight that. Not just a better reading and math score. But the kids are able to remember it, to have deep learning, to transfer it to a new situation, and to learn a suite of skills, like how you get along with others, collaboration, how to communicate about what you've learned, communication, the content of reading and math and science and social studies and learning to learn, critical thinking, creative innovation, and the confidence to give things a try. We call that the six C's, and with that, the entrepreneurial spirit. So it sounds like these are quoting from the the report that you all just issued about the the, the framework that you'd like right. to see as people design this new metaverse yeah. from the ground up. Yeah. It does. You mentioned earlier access. It huh? does seem like there's this kind of this upgrade conundrum that I see in just any technology. And this is an example of a change if it you know really does come like some people think it will. Mm-hmm. But here we are like during the pandemic, especially we're, we're just to this point where um, there's, there is a saturation that, that's been reached that was a long time coming where, right, you right. know, whole schools and systems have either a Chromebook or an iPad or whatever, doesn't matter what brand it is, mm-hmm. some device for every student mm-hmm. and, and everybody you know, has the same and it actually works pretty well. And it's, there's not a lot of downtime, like all the hard things that were worked out to think about all the, I remember, right? Like these are things Ed Search covered. Like there weren't enough power strips for a while. The Wi-Fi was hard. Exactly. Like all these things have been overcome and it, there's a seamless infrastructure at a lot of places. Um, and here we go. The metaverse promises all these exciting things granted, or, you know, that's our, I'm sure some people might whatever, but like, if you even think like, okay, that could be awesome, but it took us so long to get to this point. How, how can it be equitable um, when there's going to be this ramp up and things are going to be expensive at first and not everybody's going to have it. And there's going to be clunkiness and all the things that all educators and students kind of suffered through in the last decade (laughs) to get here. So like when, when to, you know, what, what are your thoughts on the downsides in the short run of this and well, when do we know whether it's worth it? Sure, but l- let me say that, you know, once we invented the car from the horse and buggy, then it was easier to invent the next car. Okay, so I mean, once you're laying sure. the infrastructure, uh, your, your speed of access should be uh, kind of an exponential growth. Now, um, are there downsides? Sure, there are downsides. What if this becomes so co-opted that really more resourced places are the only ones that can afford it? That would be very problematic. Are there solutions to it? Maybe it's that city governments band together to say in each, in each town, we will create a kind of metaverse area, omniverse, omniprogram, where schools can go on field trips 
And we will have what they need to make sure that they can visit Greece or they can visit a boat builder and they can engage in citywide themes where people of different ages. shared facility. Yeah, shared facilities. I think that's one way to go. Um, You know, people will get better with technology. That's not going to be my personal, you know, my personal investment is to say, however you do this, please include the people who know something about education and the science of learning so that it helps children and doesn't leave people out. But I think we have to worry about equity. If, If we didn't learn anything during COVID, I will give you two lessons that I think we learned in spades. One is that differential equity creates differential outcomes. And that was absolutely the case for what's being called learning loss. Um, If you don't have access, you can't master any of the material. It's just too hard because it's not there, right? It's not there. The second thing we learned is the power of social. The power of social. That it's not enough to have these digital, technologically marvelous things substitute for a teacher, or a human being. It doesn't work. And the younger you are, the more remote education becomes an oxymoron. Hmm. Because because you just can't get education at that level, at that age, in a technology way. Well, and there's also a reason why, you know, evolution has prepared us to be social beings who learn from other social beings. The brain is a fundamentally socially gated piece of equipment. You know, it learns through relationships and community. So let's make that part of what we do. It can be done. You know, the other thing that's interesting about the word metaverse, which we wrote about, um, is that it it really is taken from dystopian science fiction where... It's not a positive development for society. Exactly. And so it's, it, is, it is sort of telling, or so there's something to note about it being embraced so excitedly by some of the biggest companies on the planet, like Facebook, mm-hmm. when now Meta, to, to say, here's our exciting future, yeah. when in these novels that coined the term, um, you know, Snow Crash is one by Neil Stevenson, where the term metaverse was coined it's basically kind of a hellscape of corporate control and uh, you know and negative negative situations and so um you know that's oh there's a warning people miss absolutely and that's why i thought we can let it just unfold uh and not take the warning seriously or we can take the warning seriously and make sure that what does get produced is really the best high quality stuff that it can possibly be. Certainly, certainly, if it's going to have the word educational attached to it, it has, somebody's got to be responsible here so that it doesn't just fly off and become something terrible for children. And it does hold that promise as well. And then, you know, the question is, where are you going to go? Are you going to try to make something that's good for people? just like junk food, or you're going to make something that's healthy. And the people who are in the healthy food department and businesses, they make money too. So you can make money on it if it's done right. So to corporations out there, I say, here's a challenge 
from my field. I want to see if you're willing to work with the people who know about the science of learning, the people who know about kids, how brains work. We're willing to work with you if you're willing to work with us. But let's make it good and let's not go down a rabbit hole that is going to be dangerous for children. Would you, so we, one, one thing we wrote about, and if, um, is, uh, we mentioned this like demo that Facebook, um, released, but there was a, a video, it was an, um, an hour long video they released about the division of like the metaverse Oh my gosh! Um, for edu- for education. Do you mind if I play you a couple seconds right now please, please, and please. just get you to react to them? You're ready to do that paper now, right? Yeah. So we're going to have an astrophysicist in the family. Actually, I have to write this paper. Will you help me? Let's take a closer look. What part of the solar system are we talking about? Saturn. If you were taking astrophysics, you could study in the metaverse. Did you know the rings are made up of billions of icy particles? Really? Look at this. You're ready to do that paper now, right? Yeah. In the metaverse, you'll be able to teleport not just to any place, but any time as well. Ancient Rome. Imagine standing on the streets, hearing the sounds, visiting the markets, to get a sense of the rhythm of life over 2,000 years ago. Imagine learning how the Forum was built by actually seeing the Forum get built right in front of you. Hi everyone, I'm Marnie Levine. In the metaverse, learning won't feel anything like the way we've learned before. With a headset or glasses, you'll be able to pull up schematics for your studying, or maybe even the service manual for a vehicle you're learning to repair. Let's say you're a med student or a doctor. With apps like Oso VR, you can learn new techniques in surgery firsthand, practicing until you get it right. Or if you're studying earth science, you could swim through the Great Barrier Reef, get up close to Earth's mightiest insects with your instructor, David Attenborough, whose VR documentary is playing now in Oculus TV. This is a world of intrigue, a world of wonder. I just wanted to just give a, a couple of seconds. That was the main thrust of their idea. And of course, they quickly have, um, you know, a particular product that they they sell in the metaverse, which is it's just publishing issue but um i guess i'm curious you know there was that rome example that was similar to what you said but uh, oh but just watching that short clip i wonder if you have any reactions um yeah well first of all um interesting that uh (laughs) they came out with this in october which is when we were starting to talk about it so who knows how the rome thing got there but um i think they're largely right i think the case where they had the teacher there with the student going into the metaverse was a really good example. But all they did there is really an omniverse piece. You know, basically they went to Google Maps and make it made it bigger, right? Um, mm-hmm. I don't think what we really want is, oh my gosh, you'll be trained by all the top people in the world for whatever, because that's not adaptable and interactive. 
and an experiential learning will have to be adaptable and interactive to you with other humans in the room with you. Not and just David Attenborough, some famous, you know, no, that's biologist. Just another lecture that got bigger. Now, I'm not saying that we shouldn't do David Attenborough and he shouldn't give you some wonderful tips. That's fabulous to tap into that. But do I think that that's a replacement for actually experiencing it together with a teacher? So it's an experience, not just another way to do screen time? Yeah, no, that's an interesting. So the social part struck you as as po- as positive mm-hmm. and the parts where it's more of a canned uh thing was a little less exciting. Well, the canned isn't well throughout, thought through. What they did is they just plopped on what you have on my iPad that I can get on YouTube into what they called the metaverse. I can get that now. I don't need the metaverse for it. Or it doesn't add enough. It doesn't add anything. And it doesn't give me an experience. All it did is make it bigger. It's like when they first started, you know, with apps, they took books, right? And they ported them onto, uh, onto a, an app. Well, that's not, oops, sorry. Uh, That's not going to help anybody because it's still the same old book. It's now just in an e-form. Why not do what you can do with e-form? So that, oh my gosh, what we need to do is we need to go uh, into the middle of stories and add distracting things. They didn't think they were doing this. Like Curious George is talking about something and sees a cat. And then they go, C is for cat. What else is for C's? And, you know, you're already off the storyline. So I don't think just porting material to some new format is the way to go. I think what we need to do is explore what is the gift that this new platform can offer us and how do we move it into truly experiential, not experiential because I watched it like a movie, but experiential because I am doing something for which there is interaction and change given the interactions I'm having. It all sounds just, it's, it all sounds very exciting, but to do it right, it sounds expensive, both in staffing you know, and, and in building it. I'm not sure that's right. Maybe in building it, look, these companies are rich. They can build it right. It's not like everyone isn't tapped into some of them. So I'm challenging them to do it right. And then once you do it right, guess what? The stuff you put on it can really, you know, let us all try to develop stuff for it once you develop the way to do it. You know, education is not so much expensive as it is thoughtful. And what what do I mean by that? You know, I mean, Archimedes learned about what happened in the bathtub by just taking things at different weights. It wasn't expensive, and it's probably one of the best experiments ever done. So we can do that for education writ large. But think of the thoughtfulness. They just went to Rome. I had a number line that took them backwards to Rome so they could find out what it meant to do STEM, science, technology, engineering, and mathematics, walking backwards on a number line to get to the right date in history. We had them not just look at, oh, and now let's look at how it was built. We had them really dig through the earth and find out that the earth itself is a storybook. And when they did that, they learned how we as humans today, living in 2022, discover the secrets of the past. 
You tell me what's a richer educational experience. I appreciate your your sharing all of this. This is a great place to leave it. I really thank you for, for coming on today. Thanks for sharing. Sure, my pleasure. This has been the EdSurge Podcast. Every week, we bring you conversations like this one. If you haven't already, please subscribe to the EdSurge Podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. And please tell a friend about the show so we can continue to grow. This episode was written and produced by me, Jeff Young. And you can find me on Twitter at J.R. Young. Music this episode by Montplacier. We will be back next week with more about the future of learning. Thanks for listening.